so when are we recording? No, we're gonna record in a couple minutes. I'm doing the uh, this is the okay. audio test. I already have like a really good intro, like uh, excellent set up for when you introduce me, and I have like a I have a whole great bit. Excellent. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. What up? It's me, Reese. Hello. And today we have Roxanne with us once again. Hello, Roxanne. Hey, it's me, Roxanne. I have some pretty bad news, though. Oh, what's what's the bad news? I caught the Holdma. <laughs> oh, what, what's Holdma? What's Holdma? Right? Hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like good news. That sounds yeah. like excellent news. That's I've my been, critique. I've, it's it's a really good one. <laughs> that's when people say have have a good one that's exactly what they're referring to indeed so basically the premise of this podcast is that we are the last bastion of gamerdom we are the guardians standing between you and the gates of fascism keeping you young innocent gamers from the disgusting pits of reactionary thought Imagine us, envision us <laughs> as beautiful seven, eight foot tall angels <laughs> speaking the truth about video games when no one else will. Imagine no me as like, not like an angel in the traditional sense, but more of like one of those like burning wheels of eyes. <laughs> okay. Really uh, done, done. Like I mean, that's what I meant is a seven foot tall burning wheel. Lies. I mean, that's that's how I imagine you normally, Roxanne. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we ready to just... We've got a lot of stuff to cover today. We kind of just rolled out of bed to do this podcast because there's so much stuff to cover. Um, we have so many different topics to go through. We're recording this on Labor Day, so we're doing labor on Labor Day. and we'll Labor be sending- Day is Labor Day. We're going to be sending all of our listeners an invoice, so get ready for that. Yeah, this is podcasting overtime. Yeah. <laughs> we expect we expect listens and a half for this episode. Yep, we just rung up Roxanne. We said, it's Labor Day. You're going to do some emotional labor. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again, Roxanne. I'm so sorry to hear that you caught Holdma. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good thing that you didn't catch the more virulent and deadly strain of it which is ligma yeah What's i mean the ligma? doctor initially mistook it that uh i got uh catches but uh i'm glad i didn't what what's catches <laughs> catches hands oh this joke is a fucking train wreck anyway i don't i don't want to do what it's it supposed to be like catch these hands but then oh. i realized that i don't know how to say vowels oh okay that's an unfortunate thing to realize, like, halfway through a sentence. Yeah, pretty much. I think most words are composed of at least some vowels. I mean, you can be like me and just kind of... do, Just kind of, like, go for, like, only focus on vowels and just your sentences <laughs> kind of becomes unintelligible after a while, but you basically get the thing done. That's bold. That's a power move. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. great. You can get any job only speaking in vowels. I'm I'm certain of this. That would be pretty dope. You just be like I E O U, and just like uh, you're hired. Congratulations. Well, welcome to Ubisoft. 
Oh, jeez. I can't wait to make not particularly good open world games that for some <laughs> reason managed to hold a firm 8 out of 10, despite all just being like a slightly less interesting Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I would say more more than slightly, it's moderately less interesting. Grand Theft Auto at least uh, has a Bob Seger song in it, and I think that that really sets it above all. Yeah, and I mean, plus... They also have references to, like, tentacle porn in some of them, which I think is really dope. And I think that more games should have that. I think more games should have unironic references to bizarre pornography. <laughs> we... By the way, I, I stand by what I said. Colin Space Twinks, our uh, arms are open. Come on, Kirby's Clubhouse. Hell yeah. <laughs> the, the Vigatuo Steam group... Uh, only rates games positive or negative based on their uh, bizarre <laughs> pornography references. So Video check that game out. Vorwatch. Video game Vorwatch, yeah, exactly. By one horny gamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is a callback to our episode when we did the, the Steam Curator for, like, one. Ang- there's this person called One Angry Gamer, and he has a Steam Curation group that fucking rates games based off of how much they trigger the libs. It's fucking awful. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm just just real fast. I'm going to actually start the one horny gamer uh, <laughs> group right now. That's a really good idea. Uh, we're gonna, we can collaborate on this at the end of the show. Excellent. We'll be linking that in the show notes. Uh, you better like. You better subscribe. You better tell your friends. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, we're going to get furious. We're going to go to our room. Mm. We're going to cry. And you don't want to be responsible for that. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Vorwatch, where's the, the, where's uh, this going? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, I misread it. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit dyslexic. Speaking of Overwatch, oh, Vorwatch <laughs> would be a very different game. I, I we uh, after I thought that when you first said that there was an Overwatch joke coming, but uh... I, I, no, I, I legitimately was like, speaking of Vor, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like where is this going? But no. Overwatch. The uh it's it's the mod for Overwatch where instead of guns you just Tracer just straight up eats Bastion. It's great. This but unironically, I mean, damn. There's no irony on this podcast. No irony, 100% <laughs> genuine. That's right. Let's go talk about that fucking called Space Sphinx game about getting ate by a dragon. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, I looked that up. It's, it's good unironically. Really, the AAA game sector is this. We talk about the inefficiencies of capitalism all the time on this podcast. And really, this is one of the most clear examples I could possibly think of is that the AAA game sector is leaving this huge, huge field of consumers just begging for VOR content, just leaving them dry, high and dry. You know what? They didn't talk enough about gaming at the VOR panel I went to at Denver. Like, they didn't. Yeah. There's almost no, like, references to gaming. They were like, all right, what what, what, what kind of stuff do you know that has VOR in it? And they were like, Shrek. And it's like, no, not even talking about Yoshi. This is bullshit. I'm reporting you to Roblox. <laughs> I mean, like, I think um, Nintendo... Nintendo is really the pioneer in VOR-based video games. But even then, they've been really slacking recently because... You know, they only have Kirby and Yoshi, and they haven't necessarily expanded on that. Like, I think they should. Yeah. Finally, someone understands my plight. I mean, I think that that, to me, 
the mm. number one thing to to answer Roxanne's point, I think the number one thing to spice up uh, Ubisoft games would be an Assassin's Creed that's just all <laughs> Where about. Where you get ate by a whale? <laughs> well, you can you you we can hang either... out with Jonah. <laughs> exactly. I would actually badass Bible stories. Bible stories, but specifically Vor Bible stories. You you eat to the entire cast and crew of the Bible, and uh, <laughs> you know, the last level's eating Jesus. Damn, on the cross. He he was vored for your sins. <laughs> All right, let's get into this article. That's just the premise of Donut Country. By the way, get that Donut County. It's good. I I've heard that it looks pretty good. I was thinking about buying it. It's on sale for ten percent off right it's now. It's Katamari, but you're a whole. It's kind of it's uh it, it's not the same as Vor, but it is similar. Um, no, I'm talking about it unironically. Like we were moving past our dubiously ironic like <laughs> fucking Vor talk. No, we were talking about Donut County. It's good. Get it on your 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 machine. It's great. It costs five ninety nine. I don't know. It's ten. It's like eleven dollars right now. It costs not enough. Oh boy. All right. It's raw as hell. Continue. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Everybody on Twitter Twitter is freaking out about it, and uh, that's the only place I uh, get any news or information from, which is healthy, incredibly healthy. Anyway, this article comes to us from RockPaperShotgun.com. Blizzard disabling paid loot boxes in Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm in Belgium. Blizzard are to disable paid loot boxes in their games Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm for players in Belgium following the country's recent ruling that their random grab bags of hats can constitute gambling. Players in Belgium will no longer be able to buy loot boxes in either game with money or gems, quote-unquote, though they will still be able to earn boxes of cosmetic doodads by playing. Blizzard's change is following similar moves from games including NBA 2K18 and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. These measures will be implemented shortly, Blizzard said in Monday's announcement. However, they don't believe they are in the wrong here. In April 2018, the Belgian Gaming Commission published a report that was endorsed by the Belgian Ministry of Justice, in which they concluded that paid loot boxes in Overwatch are considered gambling under local law. They explained... While we at Blizzard were surprised by this conclusion <laughs> and do not share the same opinion, <laughs> we have decided to comply with their interpretation of Belgian law. It is very gracious of them to decide to comply with the law. <laughs> <laughs> we also remain open to further discussions with the Belgian Gaming Commission and Ministry of Justice on this topic. Oh, I'll bet you do. <laughs> oh, well, that's literally what the article writer said. Blizzard concluded, I bet they do. Belgium is one of several countries cracking down on loot boxes. China requires publishers to reveal the odds of receiving items in loot boxes. South Korea has issued big fines for deception over loot box odds. And the Netherlands have largely stood shoulder to shoulder with Belgium, with games often making changes to accommodate the two countries at the same time. A number of other countries are investigating loot boxes before considering changes, such as Australia, where a Senate committee is due to report back soon on whether they are gambling and how harmful they are. 
Authorities in the Netherlands have also expressed desire to build loot box legislation across the European Union, so not the UK. If one country or two make changes, publishers will just futz with hat boxes on a local level while still designing and building games around them. But if enough countries band together against them, it'll require a major rethink, or at least a step down to the level of skin stores and item shops where you can see what you're chuffing well by. <laughs> practice I'm perfectly okay with. At the moment, the man is a fair way off gathering sufficient momentum to force such a change. I love the idea of like all these European countries banding together against a common enemy in a way not seen since World War II. And this <laughs> enemy isn't the Nazis. It's not an alien invader. It's not it's the internet it's not, hat gambling. <laughs> it's not the red <laughs> the red Russians coming to spread communism. No, the a specter is haunting Europe. The specter, the specter of hat gambling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All I know is that back when I played Overwatch, uh, we had somebody that would log on and play like two games with us every like event and then spends like $70 on loot boxes to get all the costumes and then just not play again until the next event, which I think is healthy behavior that gaming should encourage. Raw as hell. I love that guy. That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... It's good. It's certainly uh, embarrassing that countries have to band together to force these game companies to do the right thing. And Overwatch isn't even like that bad comparatively. Like I wouldn't Overwatch wouldn't be the first the opening salvo for games with this kind of problem compared to like Fortnite or Dota. I think the worst one is uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. But you pay thirty dollars, and then you have to spend more money to buy the keys to the loot crates that drops. It's just like it offends me on such a like personal, basic level. Also, the fact that skirts are the rarest item in that game is also complete and total bullshit. Hot bullshit. I mean, literally every single battle royale game is bad, except for totally accurate battle royale simulator is that the one where you're a ragdoll yeah you play as like a little blue or red ragdoll man who just flops around a battlefield and you can pick any you know any clothing you want right off from the bat which is like dope shit it's only five dollars too it's fucked up you they they mean they just put all the clothing in the game you don't have to you don't have to buy extra clothing it's pretty ridiculous. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know computers could do that. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous because they literally made it as a joke. You know, totally accurate battle simulator is sort of a very goofy game um, that they have taken like an insane amount of time to really develop. So I'm curious what it's going to look like when they finally came out. I played the demo. The thing is that they have to make a lot of tremendously high effort goofs in the meantime. Yeah, like this seems like they've done this before. They've done stuff like this before, like a Daisy parody where you like run around fighting zombies and running, like running away from other players. Like they keep doing this, and it's every time they do it, they're like, "Okay, so the Daisy one wasn't actually all that great." I'm not gonna lie; it was interesting. It was kind of fun to goof around in. 
but I think they might have actually outdone some like genuine efforts to make battlegrounds. I mean, if you look at some of the low effort ones, there was a terrifying VR battle royale game that I saw oh my God. on Giant Bomb. It, if I recall correctly, they got stuck in a bathroom and were like unable to walk out of the bathroom for a long time, and then just like somebody like just appeared at the window and they killed him. Uh, and they that's said, horrible. "That's all we need. That's all we need from this game. That's as powerful as we're gonna get." But that also, even though it was a alpha of a VR game that Battle Royale, there were still paid loot boxes. It, of course, oh, you got to build the you got to build the loot boxes before you build the game. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, of course. Why would you fucker? Why would you make video games if you're not gonna make it into some disgusting live service where people can give you all the money? Also, why are you playing Fallout New Vegas, Roxanne? What are you talking about? <laughs> New Vegas, guys. Obsidian got like shafted by by uh, Bethesda on like the royalties for the game. But you know what? Still, buy New Vegas. It's the good Fallout. Fight me in the street. <laughs> I think that's not a very controversial opinion, to be honest. I think most people... No, I mean, like, Fallout 3, hogwash. Fallout 4, a coward scandal. <laughs> Fallout 1 and 2, they make me afraid. I don't want to... <laughs> but you know what? New Vegas? It's the good one, folks. <laughs> the ringing endorsement there of Fallout New Vegas by uh, Roxanne, and that's our, our game of the week, Fallout New Vegas. Game of the week, just play Fallout New Vegas. You can add a bunch of mods to it, you can be a sneaky fight man. It's can great. you add a Vor mod to it? Oh no, there's one for Skyrim, but not New Vegas. Oh, snap, I didn't know there was one for Skyrim. I'm gonna oh, check yes. that out. Very high effort. I oh. know what the game of the week next week's gonna be. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get... Skyrim VR and then add the Vor mod. Oh no, no, no. They don't uh they uh I don't think the Vor mod's compatible with the VR version, but Oh, that's a real You know what? Can you imagine if you got ate by a Dargan in VR? Oh no, no, no. In this one you are uh, eating the Dargans and not uh being the one being eaten by the Dargans. Oh, that seems like a serious oversight, honestly. You should have both. Exactly. You know, I'm you don't go sign up for an account on the Fallout mod forum or the Skyrim mod forums uh-huh. and just uh, you know, like bring it up with the author, get an open dialogue going. I I I agree with your initial thought. I think you can't limit the message to one forum. You gotta make sure uh, every forum knows about this. Exactly. So just just go on the New there. Vegas forum. Go send some great messages to some of my favorite New Vegas playing friends, like uh, Maxi Satan Official on Tumblr, and mm-hmm. just be like, "Hey, why isn't there like enough content in the Vor mod for Skyrim?" Actually, please don't send her that message because I'm afraid she might listen <laughs> to podcasts and eventually come across this episode. <laughs> Don't actually do that, or many of the things we say to do. But do send as many messages as you darn well please about just literally whatever, you know, just how your day's going, just, you know, how your hydroponics plants are going. Send as many of those messages as you want to at Brony No Scopes with a Z on uh, Twitter.com. Cool. Very yeah, cool. He's, uh, he, uh, he's, he's a pal of mine. He's the DM that I do have to interact with on a regular basis. And yeah, just, you know, just put his uh, Twitter link info in the uh, show oh my notes. God. Just, you know, let, let people know. To Will send do. him, like, updates on your day. 
So I think I found a nice little salt nug for us for the salt mine segment. As everyone by now is probably already aware, the Cyberpunk uh, 2077 official Twitter account at some point made this incredibly tasteless and just lame fucking joke responding to some asshole we don't really care about that did you just assume my gender and like literally just that like unironically making that an uh, did you just assume my gender joke to somebody in the year of our lord 2018 mm-hmm. making not only just like incredibly tasteless jokes but incredibly hack tasteless jokes just like not even funny tasteless jokes just like old dried out decrepit miserable jokes that like at this point the joke is that the joke is fucking awful and if you use it unironically it it's boggles the mind unlike our hilarious tasteless jokes like samwise gamgee loves ball busting <laughs> samwise gamgee what? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a that's not a reference anyone's going to get because we it's made it up. It's not a reference. It's just uh, <laughs> it's just real. That's the Lord of the Rings canon. I'm I'm gonna go. I don't actually have any Lord of the Rings fans. I have a Star Wars fan that I'm a, like uh, that I know. Ask them. It's he the had same like thing. a several thousand dollar like uh, mass of like accumulated Star Wars novels that he had. Mm-hmm. It's the I same haven't universe. Talked to him in a while. Do you have any Star Wars questions? Why, uh, why don't they mention midichlorians in the new movies? I'm gonna go ask him that. Real Do fast. it. Why does Yoda love ball busting so much? Yeah, mm-hmm. it... bust my balls, you must. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me just go message my boy Troy. Good. This is. We're recording evidence against us for when we get banned for harassment from Twitter. Excellent. All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring this around to the gamer take while we wait for the answer. Oh, holy shit! I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, at one at some point, they actually decided to give an apology for it, and it ended up being like a really shitty non-apology. But it's like. Sorry to all those offended, which is like one step removed from sorry you're offended, which is like the most passive aggressive ass apology you could possibly give. And obviously, this small, insignificant concession to human decency and just being sorry for making a really bad joke, which you should be like. If you make a joke that lame, you should feel sorry regardless of whether or not it's offensive. Anyway, this small concession has basically triggered a massive response from the gaming public, who are incredibly mad that they have caved to the SJW pressure to not make transphobic jokes. Okay, so here's the original tweet from... The cyberpunk Twitter. Sorry to all those offended by one of the responses set out from our account earlier. Harming anyone was never our intention. Now, and this dude, uh, Murad Can Tyner, he responds with, "Don't apologize, WTH. Don't <laughs> bow to those pathetic, insecure SJWs. They won't stop until they skin you alive. Don't you guys know how to deal with special snowflakes?" 
you either D3 barbarian them so hard they vaporize, logically explaining to them, parenthetical, or you simply <laughs> ignore them. That's exactly what the, the Diablo 3 barbarian would do, is he would just <laughs> break SJWs on the wheel of logic. Diablo um, 3 barbarian, <laughs> trans and gay, fight me. <laughs> That's canon. That, that is canon now. I would, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna tweet at this guy and get banned, letting him know that it's hilarious in general that there was this response right after the joke was made. This is just like, yeah, yeah, this is who we are. We're transphobic. We love it. You know, thanks for catering to our interests. And then they're just like this: the most minor, obvious business apology. This is just like PR 101. Just be like, uh, whoops. Let's move on. We're going to release this footage now so everyone forgets it. Is and and everybody gets mad because they're not catering to transphobia. And I don't mm. know. It's just like I just want to underscore how fucked up this is about when whenever they try to make claims from whatever the amorphous other side, you know, they talk about it, oh, it's about consumers or pushing back against, you know, political correctness or whatever. And then it's just like they they can't go too long without the mask slipping and then just being like, our identity is hating trans people. You know, like any reasonable consumer. And I don't know. I just think there's a canon that uh, that we should put them in. If it makes you feel better, Reese, I got an answer from Troy about uh, why there aren't mitochlorians in the new Star Wars and why Yoda loves ball busting. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, let's let's, let's take them in, uh, in, in that order. Mitochlorian okay. first. Because they aren't, and it's stupid, they were a thing. Fair. Uh, Ludogars okay. and mitochlorians. Okay. And to the second question, he responds, he's 800 years old. I think he's earned the right to bust <laughs> all the balls. It's a fair, fair answer. I mean, how else? I mean, at that point, you got to keep things spicy. You know, missionary isn't going to do it for Yoda. He's into the hard kink. Been around so long that it just like, it doesn't, he barely feels anything in those shriveled little, those shriveled little, um, I want you to avoid saying a noun. Like, I really want you to just like just use those adjectives and not make me have to visualize like anything. Like, if you just keep it to adjectives nuts. and just leave like an Orwellian horror, that's better than you like saying like his 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 wee little green cock. Oh boy. Uh, the best part about that, Roxanne, is that the mic, the mic cut out right <laughs> at the... His wee little green cock is what I meant to say. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is a good episode. This is... This is an excellent episode. This is Horniest episode this season. <laughs> Vor, Yoda dick... And it's not over. It's not over. Actually, I want to read the, uh, another response because it's like, it's just another hot galaxy brain take. Uh, so this comes to us from Draylock. And he's going at Cyberpunk Game. Ladies and gentlemen of CDPR, please do not give in to the oppression Olympics culture of the perpetually offended crybabies. You're one of the last bastions of hope in the gaming world, and we need you! Oh, and apologizing when you didn't do anything wrong is impolite. 
I hate I hate it when people apologize. <laughs> no, not apologize. Apologizing. I hate that too. Apologizing. That's even worse. Yeah. So I don't know. That one's just funny. I I don't have anything else to say about it. These people are just <laughs> ridiculous. Oh. The last bastion of hope in the gaming world, and we need you with regards to <laughs> making a mild apology is almost as dorky as our intro. <laughs> almost. Not yet. Uh, are you a bad enough dude to save video games? From the crybaby SJWs. It is like, we've hammered this home like a million times, but they always like do this double think thing where you know sjws are crybaby pushovers who are like easy to defeat and logically own and humiliate like the diablo 3 barbarian does you know diablo 3 barbarian famous (laughs) famous trans being the diablo 3 barbarian both famous gay and trans barbarian and also famous for their debate skills which out of this world, really, just go up to fucking Diablo real and Joe Rogan. destroying them with logic and reason. Uh, but anyway, that's that's the the scoop on the sh- the uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Shout out to friend of the show, uh, shitty gamer takes. Shout out to my friend of the show, Brony No Scopes. Just just send <laughs> <some> updates. <laughs> I'm I'm sending him tweets. I'm glad. Tweets. I'm glad. Check out Shitty Gamer Takes at Gamer Takes if you haven't already. Uh, they compile so much of <laughs> what is basically the dregs of humanity and interactions on Twitter.com, which is basically anything that gamers do. So, yeah. And for providing uh, 90% of our content, uh, all of our jokes are emailed by <laughs> yeah. Shitty Gamer Takes uh, right before the show. We just read them off without any changes. Yeah, Shitty Gamer Takes is our ghostwriter. All right, so do we want to talk about this anarcho-syndicalist game company? I don't think I want to read the whole thing. I mean, I don't think we need to read the whole thing, but we can kind of get into it a little bit. Sure. This, we We've just been... For like seven episodes, this has been <laughs> on the docket. So we just need to to, to put to put the dog down and, and move on. This is our perpetual lassie. Wait, no, you don't. They don't kill lassie. I'm thinking old yeller. <laughs> I mean, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> they cut that episode. <laughs> okay, I will get us started. From Kotaku, everyone's favorite game journalism website. Mm-hmm. Game Studio with No Bosses Pays Everyone the Same by Nathan Grayson. The game industry is not exactly known for valuing workers. Big studios are rife with soul-destroying crunch and end-of-project layoffs. French studio Motion Twin, developer of Castlevania-inspired roguelike Dead Sales, is trying something different. Workers own and manage the company. There is no boss. Motion Twin describes itself as anarcho-syndical workers cooperative. What this means in practical terms is that all of its 11 workers are, in theory, equal. Same pay, same say. We actually just use a super basic formula. If a project finds success, people are basically paid more in bonuses, and everyone is paid the absolute same way, said longtime Motion Twin game designer Sebastian Bernard in an email. 
The devs and the artists are paid the same amount of money, and people like me who have been here for 17 years are paid the same amount as people who were recruited last year. It seems to be working. Motion Twin has been in business for nearly two decades, and the studio's most recent game, Dead Cells, has sold more than 700,000 units on PC alone, even before leaving early access. Motion Twin's pay and ownership system, Bernard said, constitutes a direct challenge not just to the exploitive practices you see in a lot of other companies, but also to tired old-world corporate structures in general. Games are team projects, after all, and Bernard believes that it's almost impossible for anyone to definitively declare that their particular contribution of blood, sweat, tears, and cum, I added that last one, had any more of an impact than anyone else's. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Bernard would not disclose the exact salary anybody at Motion Twin brings home, but it said it's roughly the same as in other game companies. Before bonuses. Decision-making is also a team-based process, albeit one that doesn't always require everybody to sit down at the table and argue their case. Small-scale decisions happen in Slack or around the coffee machine without too much brouhaha, Bernard said, but important strategic shifts and decisions that will impact everybody result in full team meetings. If a consensus doesn't emerge, they take a vote. Sometimes that means people don't get their way, and that, Bernard says, is the tricky part. In other studios, most developers don't get their leave their mark outside their designated cog in the machine. But at Motion Twin, everyone is used to having equal say. When things don't go their way, this presents a new set of challenges. Bernard said the biggest one is to accept that sometimes you'll be right and your proposals will be chosen, and sometimes your well-intentioned, super-revolutionary idea will be thrown away by the team. That's the way it works. And everyone has to accept that the resulting decisions were made by people who understood your point of view, but decided to scrap it anyway. I think that this is just like a really good company design, like mm. anarcho-syndicalism fucking rules, and the fact that a game uh, company is doing it is also pretty good. I agree, one hundred percent. And it's a not, and it's a good game. That's I personally I find very enjoyable, and has been got and has received good reviews, and even among the gamers that uh, normally would probably hate this if they actually knew the way it was set up. Um, it's it's beloved among them as well. I feel like most gamers are not very politically informed. And so if you said anarcho-syndicalism to them, their eyes would just sort of glaze over and they would just look at you with this blank expression on their face while Mountain Dew dribbles down their fat, disgusting lips. Same, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking from my own experience before getting into like left-wing politics, nobody fucking knows what anarcho-syndicalism is, but this is, I think, a pretty good introduction to it. Absolutely. I can't say that even even though I am fairly lefty, I am not the, uh, the book reader of the group, and uh, I, I could not probably give you a strong definition before yeah. having this example set in front of me. Yeah, we are here on Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. We uh, try to read books, but they are for nerds and thus inherently repellent to us. Speak Listen, for yourself. I fucking love books. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love books too, but my books uh, are mostly about uh, just the lore and the, the philosophy of Yoda's pistachios. <laughs> I get 
I get that. <laughs> the deep, the deep cultural history of tentacle porn in Japan. One other point I would like to make uh, about this before we spin off into silly land is that something that I think is it's it's discussed, but I think is important when kind of like presenting these ideas to a larger world. You know, we would all like things to shift further away uh, from the kind of capitalistic systems, but I think it's important to have examples in place of these cooperative works mm. that even if it's not necessarily, you know, a threat to AAA gaming as a whole to the way that they run their systems, like it shows that there's another path. And I think that it's a very kind of small scale example of, of things other companies should do if we want to kind of chip away at the messed up horrible world that we have into something a little bit more i don't know you know considerate and cooperative mm. really the challenge of something like this and why i think it would be incredibly incredibly difficult to try to get something like this running in the united states is that most existing corporate structures have a lot of support from the public sector Whereas unconventional structures like this really don't have a lot of existing legal framework, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm obviously not an expert into it, in it, but there is no like incentives in place to try to develop industry in this way. And simultaneously, like so few people in the United States are educated as to this sort of business practice. Um, because the idea of a co-op, even in the United States, at least, you know, from where I've lived, I've barely ever seen them. Like, they're incredibly rare. They're not common at all, and they're usually very tiny. Absolutely. The only places I've encountered them in real life was in the anarchist uh, hellhole of Portland, Oregon, uh, which is actually a very lovely city. But, you know, it would be very a very lovely hellhole. <laughs> but it's... You know, the, it would be like, you know, you go to this uh, co-op grocery or, uh -huh. you know, there was a co-op hardware store. And it's uh, they were always kind of a superior experience. The, the issue is, is that it tends to be a little pricier compared to the kind of nightmarish labor practices <laughs> creating bargain basement prices at Target or whatever. But I agree it's tough and I'm I'm a big dumb dumb, so I don't know. Uh, you know, what the correct way is to deal with that. But I just think it's interesting. And it's nice to see somebody making a little bit of headway. Yeah. Really, I think the biggest challenge here in order to have like a workers cooperative would be education. Because, it, like I said, there's so few people in the United States who actually know what the fuck anarcho-syndicalist even means. Like, let alone people that could put it into practice. Like, that you'd have to spend a great deal of time just getting people up to date. And I think that American attitudes also are just, even were they to be educated, would be incredibly shitty. You know, there was that, I don't know if you saw that Reddit post, uh, it was from Legal Advice. Yeah, I was thinking exactly that one. About the guy that didn't get a job because he said he didn't believe in cooperatives and he wanted to know if he could sue uh, yeah. <laughs> because he believed that he should be paid much less than the boss. <laughs> 
He, he was saying, like, should bosses be paid more than their workers? And he was like, yeah, I think it should reflect the amount of work, your, you know, the increased responsibility. And it's like, he doesn't get what a fucking cooperative is at all. And so he was like, I think they discriminate against me politically. It's just like, fucking hell. Now, I found the post here, but he've, he's removed it because he's a coward. Well, he's received his education. But yeah, I just wanted to cruise on and talk about that because I just think it's I think it's uh it's notable and I think it got a little bit of mention, but I think it's actually kind of important. And I think what's important about it is how successful it is. And it's successful in terms of the gameplay. It's a really fun game to play. There is not a lot of bullshit involved in it. And you know, there's so many games that you play now um that feel like they have to bake in just a lot of nonsense to keep you uh, to keep you involved and just to see that no it can work and it can create superior games i found the post i think we should read it just because it's funny <laughs> i'll read it from the state of virginia can i be denied a job for ideological beliefs i applied for a cashier job that pays their staff amazingly like almost 50k they've been around for a long time and are super successful However, in the interview, they ask me a peculiar question. What does class consciousness mean to you? I told them I didn't really know what they were asking. They elaborated by saying they are a cooperative socialist institution, and the reason why their staff is able to be paid so much is because the bosses take almost the same wage as everyone else instead of skimming at the top of everyone like in a, quote, normal business. I responded that I think a boss should be compensated extra for taking the risk of starting a business, and that was that. I didn't get the job. I think it was probably because I didn't conform to their ideological beliefs. Is this legal? If not, how does one go about proving they are doing this? Thank you. Oh my fucking god. (laughs) And at the bottom, someone has typed oof. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that one, that one just sort of is like a little capsule of just the sort of psychoses that American culture has instilled into most people without even thinking. They're like, oh, business owners should be paid more because they took a risk. And it's like, that's it's not quite how the structure of a co-op works. And um, I don't think they understand that it, it co-op, co-op is a cooperative venture. It's like, yeah, everyone participates. Everyone takes a risk in creating this thing. It's supposed to be fundamentally different. Uh, uh, it's just sad. Yeah. And incredibly funny because fuck this guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway. I think that pretty much covers the anarcho-syndicalist game company. It, it, we would really like to see more game companies really f- following this route. Um, obviously, a lot of you know a lot of people don't have a choice, and they have to work in like the AAA gaming sphere or on mobile games or whatever, and don't have the same protections that a worker-owned company would have. And for those people, we'd re- definitely recommend Game Workers Unite which is sort of the first premier union for game development workers. Like, the only way things are ever going to get better is if people organize as labor. Agreed. Yeah, pretty much. 
more Colin Space Twinks games and more unions in game. More unions, more games like Symbiotic Fursuit. Yes. All right, so we got two last articles here. Which one would you like to read? Well, we can blast through both of these. Um, I, okay. I, we just, we just need just, just a quick update on this one. We're not going to read the whole article, um, but it's by uh, Maddie Myers. But basically, that what we all wanted to believe so much to be true—it's <laughs> fake news. It's a lie. It's fake news. Um, it's fake news in reality, but not in my heart. <laughs> no, the title of this article is no. Master Chief suit does not jerk him off. <laughs> no lies, impossible. I hate you. Die. This this has run oh, against man. the canon of Vigatwato in a way that is just it's just disruptive and painful for us to admit. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut to the end here. Uh, is that while the the novel page that has been passed around is faked, there is nothing. In the master in the Halo universe, it suggests that the suit can't jack him off. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you know the most important thing in art and in stories and in fiction is your personal connection to it and what it inspires in your imagination. And when I play Halo, I'm imagining the suit jacks me off at least twice <laughs> a level. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> uh, I think I'd like to give a little bit of um, the history, the etymology of where this meme came from. Uh, but Dude. basically, is that this started with a drill post, as all good things do, on May 11th, 2017. My main issue with Master Chief fucks Cortana is that if you read the Halo novels, you'd know the spacesuit automatically jacks Master Chief off. And then, apparently, by the end of the day, Halo fans began circulating a page purported to be from Eric Nyland's Halo novel, The Fall of Reach. The excerpt on this page appears to back up Drill's assertion, too bad, it's a clever fake. And this is the... I'm going to read from the passage. Halsey stepped into the circle and turned to address the Spartan II's program's benefactors. As she did, a holographic <laughs> diagram of the Mjolnir armor was displayed to her left, as the same files were transferred to the benefactors' PDAs. This Mjolnir combat armor is quite possibly the most critical advancement in our program, she began. It will serve as a lifeline to our Spartans. It increases their already enhanced agility, strength, and reflexes. The outer casing is enhanced titanium alloy, and the undersuit is an advanced flex suit capable of applying biofoam wherever net one of the benefactors cut her off. Am I seeing this right? She looked up from her PDA in the quoted text. The groin region packs a sexual stimulant designed to reduce combat stress and... Yes, it does. But we will be discussing the inquiries on Mjolnir armor at a later date. This is merely a press... And then it cuts off. So... Goddamn. It, it's... We were tricked by an incredible, incredible fake. And I think, you know, I, I don't think there's any shame in it. Because th we wanted it to be true, to be honest. We wanted it so bad, we ignored the signs that this was... This, there's no way that this could be real. There's, I think there's two ways of looking at it. I think you can look at it like it's a fake... If you're uh, a slave to the wheel of logic and reason, or you could look at this 
as an oracle delivering prophecy. <laughs> Speaking to the future of the Halo series. And uh, that will be retroactively applied to the next uh, woeful Halo collection whenever that's released. You know, that's such a good point in that sometimes fan creations, fan ideas are integrated into the original works themselves. Which I think that there's a great there's a great opportunity here for fan and creator collaboration in incorporating elements of Master Chief getting jacked off by a suit into Halo 6. Roxanne, thank you for joining us for the horniest episode <laughs> we've had I'm so far. I'm glad I can help. <laughs> but I think we're getting a little short on time, so we're just going to go ahead and uh, blast off with this this final final article reading, which is just one of the saddest stories I've heard all year. And is actually related to the crippling affi- affliction that Roxanne got earlier in this episode. All right, uh, this oh, is your. Oh no! <laughs> this story is Alton's baby, so I, I feel like aggress <laughs> it. Right. So this comes to us from Eurogamer.net writer Wesley Yin Poole. Xbox fan says Ligma meme destroyed his twelve-year-old gamer tag. An Xbox gamer says his 12-year-old gamer tag was destroyed because of the Ligma meme. Redditor Captain of Awesome took to the r slash Xbox One subreddit to complain after his gamer tag was changed. Captain of Awesome's gamer tag is Ligma, which he said he had used since the Halo 2 era on the original Xbox. He came up with the name for a character created in the first Guild Wars called Ligma Renzen. <laughs> he's even gotten custom controllers with ligma <laughs> printed on them holy shit this man has been like using the ligma name for so long that he has custom controllers with ligma on the front talk about prophecy this is <laughs> this man predicted it this guy is the future a few months ago, Ligma started getting messages on Xbox from people talking about some sort of sickness. <laughs> asking if I was sick. Asking if I got other people sick. References to unmentionable body parts that may or may not also be sick. <laughs> this turned out had to do with the word Ligma being a meme. Ligma is a fictional disease that was used as part of a death hoax against Fortnite's streamer Ninja. <laughs> Concerned fans would ask what Ligma is, the response would be Ligma balls. For OG Ligma, the messages kept on coming. It got to the point where I could hardly delete them fast enough. (laughs) Some of these messages were not very nice, so I decided to take my profile private from the messages, which has since been changed back to open. Then, yesterday, well, according from this article, August 24th, 2018, Ligma found his gamer tag had been changed to Angry Kitten 1025 after Xbox had received complaints about the Ligma name. That's fucking bullshit. No. That's fucking lame. Holy shit. They've, like, you, you're all cops. Anyone who reported Ligma to the Xbox service is a fucking cop. I'm confused as to why the meme that a streamer creates can allow such action to be taken against someone who has been a supporter of Xbox for so long, wrote Ligma. 
<laughs> I have Lick. nothing against streamers or memes, and I'm not claiming that anyone copied my gamer tag. I just made the word up. Anyone else can <laughs> slash could too, but it's pretty uncool when Xbox slash Microsoft can use any new meme to destroy a gamer tag that's 12 plus years old. Oh, poor Ligma. Seriously, uh, chalk up another crime to Ninja's rap sheet, as far as I'm concerned. Seriously, like, not streaming with women and now destroying this poor, innocent lad's gamer tag. Oh, but there's even more further developments. The post on Reddit blew up, receiving over 36,000 upvotes and 1,500 comments, most of which were expressions of sympathy for Ligma's plight. <laughs> it has. It wasn't long before the thread caught Microsoft's eye. Xbox Larry Major Nelson Shrub posted to ask Ligma to send him an email. I can't promise anything, but I can inquire on your behalf, Major Nelson said. In the meantime, please go through the normal Xbox enforcement appeal process. So, <laughs> we have Microsoft employees looking into Ligma. And what is to be done about Ligma? Uh, there's a happy ending to all of this. It looks like Major Nelson pulled some strings. As Ligma updated his post to say his original gamertag has been reinstated. You can check out his profile on xboxgamertag.com. Holy shit. I woke up to many messages from you guys that I would got my gamertag back, Ligma said. But in a final twist, it turns out his wife, who has gone by the gamertag Mrs. Ligma... Holy shit! Since 2011, has Olsen fall has also fallen foul to Microsoft's complaint system. According to Ligma, her gamer tag has now been changed, and at the time of publication, it hasn't been changed back. Come on, Major, time to pull those strings again. Mrs. Ligma. Oh my God! This is such an amazing story. This blows my mind. Um, Holy shit! I used to do uh, tech support for Xbox, and I wish, I wish <laughs> to God, I had gotten this phone call. This would have been oh such an amazing moment. But it's totally true. Like this sounds one hundred percent like uh, I can track, uh, you know, in my brain the process. Um, the worst part about all this is that the the people who report the like the naughty names. There are mm. volunteers that read through them uh, just because they love Xbox so much, and they uh, and they can vote which ones should be banned or not. So it's not even an Xbox employee; it's the little snitch minions <laughs> that ban Ligma, and that's what infuriates me the most about all of this. These people uh, are class traitors, honestly. <laughs> oh man. Thoughts and prayers to Miss Ligma. <laughs> to Mrs. Ligma. I'm... Ligma? Well, I can't believe... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ligma. Oh, God. Holy shit. Oh, I don't think we're going to top that, so... How about we go ahead and wrap up? Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Roxanne, where can people find you and your great online content? Uh, at Snug Crow, but you all should really be following at Brony No Scopes oh, with a God. Z on uh, Twitter.com. That's right. Ruin this friendship I have with my dear friend. My Your dear friend, Brony No Scopes. 
Brainoscopes is a champion. Please follow him on uh, on Twitter. Go there now. Do it. So, Reese, where can people find you and your great online content? You can find me at uh, Brony No Scopes um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a Z. No, uh, my Twitter is at Your Very Good Bud. I'm also on Mastodon. I'm still trying to force that uh, at Your Very Good Bud at Mastodon.social. It's the lame main uh, federation, but I'm too lazy to change it. And uh, that's it. No, nothing else. We also have. A our main Vigatwato account on Twitter, which will probably be linked in the description. And now we also have a website where you can check out all of our great episodes and listen to them, download them, get the RSS feed and links to the Android and Apple podcast playlist. That link is video games worse at pinecast.co. And you can find me at 8alton8 on Twitter and at AltonPlays on YouTube. And I think that's just about it. You can also follow me outside. Take my hand. We're going to go on an adventure. That's dope. Well, until next time, thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>